And now, The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield, live on 92.7 and 106 FM. Streaming on the Prime Media Plus app and on DSTV channel 856. Good evening. Welcome to The Money Show, brought to you by ABSA CIB, driving action-led insights that create impact when action with collaboration through the Insights Series. ABSA is a registered FSP. Welcome to the show this evening. It's wonderful to have your company this Friday evening as we uh, will play the Brutal Biz Quiz. We'll bring you some of the best bits from the week that has been uh, from The Money Show, as well as, of course, uh, all of the big money stories of the day, including a possible resurrection of Mango. Remember Mango, the airline that was started under the auspices of uh, SAA in the olden days and uh, it was widely accused of course of being anti-competitive. It was accused of being uh, the airline that was brought in to crush the likes of Kalula and others. Well anyway all of the other airlines disappeared and Fly Air was able then to capitalise on the market opportunity that was uh, pre- pre- presented by uh, the vacuum that was left by the collapse of SAA and then Mango um, and also so we then saw how Fly uh, uh, Airlink, I beg your pardon, how uh, Airlink took to the skies and really consolidated its position too. So yes, it's been a remarkable time um, in the airline industry, and we could very well see um, the return of Mango to our skies. We'll talk to a former staffer who is now a journalist at uh, at, at uh, the Citizen newspaper. I see Hein Kaiser joins us in just a moment. Also this evening, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, agriculture economist, top agricultural economist, nevertheless, Wandile uh, Sechobo, about a visit this week to South Africa by a delegation from Saudi Arabia. They seem to have had a beef with South Africa. Well, they've signed a beef, a beef deal to import South African beef after about 20 years. But what are the other opportunities that present themselves as a result of this new, open, more open relationship? And of course, Saudi, we know, wants to join the BRICS alliance as well. My best email to today i don't know if you when last you had one of these dear comma blank space we require your updated details full name country age gender and telephone for the processing for the prompt processing of your compensation payment of four million eight hundred thousand united states dollars assigned by the international monetary fund and the world bank thank you for your swift cooperation that's from mustafa idris so if i'm not here on monday you know why uh because i would have had my bank accounts cleaned out and i'll be complaining to somebody about it Idiots. Anyway, welcome to The Money Show this Friday night. The Money Show. With Bruce Whitfield on 702. 702. A mango had its place in South Africa's airline fruit salad. Uh, the airline ran under SAA. It may just be resurrected. In a previous life, Hein Kaiser worked for mango. Now he's a reporter at The Citizen. And you've come across, it looks like, a deal to resurrect um, the mighty mango. Who are the buyers? What's the backstory here, Hein? Mr. Westfield, always a pleasure speaking to you. And, um, yeah, it is fascinating what's been going on, I think, in the entire airline industry. But focusing on mango, it has finally come to light who the successful bidder was um, to buy whatever's left of the airline, which I think is an engine and a brand name with a couple of licenses. But uh, it is a company called Ubuntu Aviation, who is owned by two people. One I'm very familiar with is a company called Africa State, a tour operator who helped Mango launch the Joburg Zanzibar route all those years ago. And then DG Capital, an investment capital group who I would assume, based on what their website says, 
they'll be putting in a substantial amount of funding at a guess. And uh, the business rescue practitioner confirmed it for me today. So hopefully if Provin stays out of it, Mango might have a second life. Uh, the Provin you refer to, of course, is Provin Gordon, the Public Enterprises Minister, who's not exactly been supportive of a Mango deal. He's trying to get his SAA deal past public scrutiny at the moment, isn't he? He is, but curiously, and uh, as rumour has it, which is unconfirmed and don't quote me on this, is that the reason it's been dragged along and why there have been all these attempts last year to scupper the deal, and there's still one at the, going to the Supreme Court, is really to get Manga out of the way because it is a threat, I suppose, to SAA 2.0, 3.0, whatever it's going to be. And uh, potentially, or it would have been, to lift, but uh, after Giron Novik and company left Takatso with only Harit left, um, they're not much of a threat to that. So I suppose the only thing could be that Manga was so great. Um, <laughs> okay, Hein, you, 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 you've lost your objectivity on this. Mango was cattle class in orange, all right? Let's not put any, let's not pretend it was particularly wonderful. It was a it was a solid operator in a very competitive space in its day. As you say, there aren't really any assets other than a brand that people may still relate to and licenses. What sort of licenses does an airline operator need in order to be able to function competitively in any market? Well, you need your route licenses, of course, in South Africa being open skies, it really doesn't matter so much. But certainly Zanzibar, which is a very lucrative route, they would hopefully be able to keep their operating license for that route. And then, of course, there's your AOC, which is your license to be an airline, which is still there. It's quite valuable. I don't know for how much, because if you're a startup, you can get one in about a year. Well, six months, two years. It, it, it seems strange to me, Hein, and you perhaps can provide some insight here as to why you would bother going up for a legacy um, airline with all of the hassle and all of the admin and all of the, having to deal with government and the in uncertainty as to whether or not the Department of Public Enterprises, which ultimately will be the custodian of Mango via SAA, um, can just turn your life into a, a nightmare of decades of court cases. Why go the Mango route when you could start up one, you could call a guava, I don't know, pick a fruit. Um, I, I, well, what's the obsession with the, with with mango? Exactly, I think it must be an emotional one because I still hanker towards mango every now and then because it was a very special place, I suppose, to everybody who was involved with it. But beyond that, to be honest with you, if I was somebody who wanted to start an airline, I would I would have started before I put my bid in. I suppose having had the foresight that it's going to take an eternity. To, they would have already had a license. They would have already yeah. been in the skies. I don't know what the point is of chasing you, something that doesn't exist. Do you see this thing getting off the ground ever? I mean, it's a nice story. It's a nice idea. The buyers are there. The capital is there. That's wonderful. Do you see it happening? You know what? As a psychic would say on the safe side, it's 50-50 at this point because <laughs> I can't see the value. I really can't see the value. Yeah. The skies are overcrowded. Everybody's making money right now. Why upset the apple cart? Yeah, I don't know if the sky... I think a bit of competition would be a wonderful thing. Thank you, Hein Kaiser, um, who is a journalist at The Citizen. Um, a little bit of competition, I think, would be a wonderful thing. I don't think we can ever have enough competition. Certainly, the airport today was very, very busy. Um, not enough gates were open, so the queues were very long. And my goodness me, the airport rage was real. Um, AXA is not doing a great job at the moment, in my humble opinion, of managing queues. Um, but we certainly, uh, you know, the airlines, 
tickets are fully booked. They are, and the, and the ticket prices are high relative to what they were before COVID. Uh, Mango was brought into existence, of course. The conspiracy theory was that it was suboptimal and was um, sort of run quietly on the SAA balance sheet, government-funded, government-backed, and it was there to destabilize the private operators who have mostly survived. I mean, Kalula's gone, of course, the BA franchise is gone, which is disappointing, but there have been replacements. Hein mentioned Gidon Novik's lift, which is doing a nice job on multiple routes. Um, the, the guys at Airlink are doing a great job, and of course Fly Saf Air um, is also uh, certainly been a big beneficiary of this route in the airline industry. Do you care whether Mango ever makes it back again? I wonder whether you know which is the the only currency in the world to appreciate against the US dollar over the last decade. Now, I've got this from a very reliable source. Um, she is one of my regular Twitter um, correspondents. And I, I found it fascinating to see the only currency to appreciate over the last decade against the US dollar is the Swiss franc. The Swiss franc, the only major currency to appreciate against the US dollar over 10 years. Uh, and then Karen Richards, who is very good on this stuff, says it's no coincidence, in her opinion, uh, Switzerland has the highest ownership of gold per capita. It was the last country to fully eliminate the gold standard, and only in 1999. Remember, there was that mad rush to sell gold assets. Uh, Gordon Brown was obsessed about it. He, and I think he was selling sort of Britain's gold reserves at $350 an ounce. Today, gold... At, uh, where was the gold price? 2056, I think it was when I last looked. 2062, the last time I looked. Gold price has certainly been very, very successful. And yes, maybe Karen Richards is on the money or on the gold there in terms of the fact that, yeah, the only currency in the world that has actually done better than the US dollar is the Swiss franc. 702. Bruce is on Twitter at Bruce Business. Time for the Friday Night Money Show Explainer. We take an issue that we haven't really managed to delve into in any great depth and we try and uh, understand it better um, as we finish the week. This week, uh, a big delegation from Saudi Arabia looking for South African beef toward the end of last year. Of course, we got the big announcement that after about two decades of beef bans from South Africa, Saudi was willing to allow uh, the meat to be imported red meat to be imported from South Africa into Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi Arabia, of course, being located where it is, and I'm sure they have lots of fancy technologies that allow them to grow so much of their own food, but they do import about 380 billion rands worth of agricultural produce each and every single year. South Africa is a big exporter of agricultural produce, and so we've got a new market open to us. Wandile Setlobo is with us. Wandile is uh, on the line to us from Stellenbosch this evening. And Wandile, uh, they, they've not been keen on our beef for a very long time. Suddenly they've agreed to imports once again, and I'm guessing that was the, the catalyst for this visit. Absolutely, Bruce. Uh, for a long time, since the early 2000s, we were not really big as South Africa in that Saudi beef market. There were a range of issues that they had raised in the past related to animal diseases, uh, certain slaughter specifications that they needed. But over time, South Africa has made some serious improvement. Uh, and of course, the Saskan businesses, they've gone there to market our product and shown the improvements that have been made uh, throughout the value chain. And, and this has led to all of this openness now. And I would say... About a day or two ago, I think the first consignment landed and was on the shelf there in Saudi Arabia. 
Uh, and I just uh, to for in, to calm anybody's concerns. There, we you know it's just a couple of weeks since that dreadful cattle ship arrived in Cape Town, and the stench was palpable. The SABC went on cattle from I think it was Brazil making their way to the UAE, livestock being exported live so that they could be appropriately slaughtered uh, according to halal traditions in that part of the world. Uh, are, uh, is our livestock being exported live, or is it being slaughtered? here under the right conditions and exported as 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 beef absolutely and this is one of the things uh, that uh, had led to many visits had taken some time so that the colleagues can visit our various feedlots in south africa and ensure that the the animals are slaughtered according to their specifications and of course then when we export we are sending in their fresh beef and some um, is frozen beef. So there's no live cattle that we are sending to Saudi Arabia as the country. Uh, so we, we can calm people all, all on that to ensure that they, they, there's nothing of that sort. It's a big potential market of 380 billion rands worth of agricultural produce imported into Saudi every year. Um, do we have any other deals on the table, any other opportunities for agricultural exports? The key commodities that were discussed uh, this week was beef, uh, grains, uh, and sugar. And they are looking at saying, can South Africa supply a bit more on that? And I think uh, a couple of um, uh, good things can come up in the, in the coming months or so on those commodities. But I think for broader South African side, we're also looking at saying, can perhaps maybe Saudi Arabia begin also uh, buying some of our fruit? Uh, because South Africa has a range of high-quality fruits that I think the colleagues are keen to see a bit of diversification in that um, whole Middle East market. So that's one of the commodities that we will be putting um, on the table. But I think broadly, Bruce, the, the story of South Africa at this point, given that uh, in 2023, we, we saw record agriculture exports of about uh, $13.2 billion, uh, really EU playing a big part. The, the Africa market and part of Asia. Now South Africa is saying, what are some of the markets we can grow uh, into? Which is where then Saudi Arabia comes into uh, the, the, the picture, along, of course, with India and China. Uh, it's really good news from that respect, Wendy. And also, we're just getting the sort of quite patchy reports, but reports of improvements, of container backlogs being cleared, of things beginning to perhaps be less dreadful for anybody who's in the export and import markets. But from an agricultural perspective, you've got to know that once the fruit comes off the tree and goes into refrigeration, it can get to a port and get to market quickly. The beef will be the same. Any uh, sort of food exports require speed and efficiency. The things are beginning to improve? What reports are you getting? That, that's one of the things that is on top of mind now, Bruce. As you know that in about a month uh, from now, the guys in the uh, Citra space, they will be beginning with their export activity. So we would like to see those efficiencies, particularly in the Devon port, being there. The message that we are getting from the colleagues is that things are slightly getting better. And I think the figure that I was citing to say our exports were at a record level of uh, billion uh, dollars. It's not only the story of the venue, but it's also the story of the volume if you were to look at the volume of various products that we were able to send out. Uh, But I think this time around, if we can see those uh, with, 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 uh, with speed, as you rightly say, quality of the product and the price then that the farmers and the, and the agribusinesses get um, is affected by how many days uh, that is sitting there in, in the port. But I would say there is a bit of an improvement now. Various conversations are happening uh, between organized agriculture 
um, as well as Transnet. Uh, certainly our side at the Agricultural Business Chamber, we are interacting with our colleagues at Transnet and various commodities to, to try to see that um, things move with speed. And, and I think they, they are slightly looking up for, uh, at this point. And some hope again this week with a full-time CEO now again at Transit, somebody with a track record, somebody with uh, integrity um, running Transit again, which I think will be also make a world of difference, we hope. Absolutely. And uh, someone who's highly regarded by the agricultural sector, and, and we have interacted uh, with Michelle and, and the senior leadership there for, for some time. And, and I think going forward, um, uh, that, that's one of the, the green lights that we're seeing and an improvement in cooperation. So hopefully we, we can be able to see the progress. And I think the big story here, Bruce, is that we are talking now about these volumes. But when you look in the food sector, as an example, in South Africa, at the trees that are non-bearing, in the next eight years, we will see the volume that is available for exports improving by plus 26% in South Africa's agriculture. These are not trees that are not are yet to be planted. These are trees that are already on the ground. So the point is the logistics uh, going forward will increasingly become even more important for, for agriculture. And I think the new leadership and hopefully investments they will make in the coming years um, is something that will be supportive of the growth in our sector. Good news indeed. Thank you very much, Wandile Sechlobo, this evening. Uh, Wandile, of course, is uh, the agricultural economist at the Agriculture Business Chamber. I see a statement from ESCOM in the last 14 minutes. It's almost too good to be true. Load shedding to be suspended from 5 o'clock until 4 o'clock on Saturday. That is... My goodness me, a huge breakthrough. And I'm being slightly sarcastic about it, of course, but 11 hours without uh, load shedding until further notice anyway um, uh, for tomorrow. So that's a little piece of good news on that front. Saturday, there will be zero load shedding between 5 a.m. and 4 p.m. But you do know. Um, and, and again, on Sunday, that is also the forecast at this stage. Um, the hope that you will have some daytime electricity this weekend. The Money Show. The Markets. To Patrick Matidi we go. Patrick is head of equities at Aluwani Capital Partners. And I noticed with a good, to, a great degree of relief um, that the currency was starting to improve just a little bit, Patrick. And I wonder if it's directly connected to the PCE numbers, uh, the consumer uh, the consumer expenditure numbers that uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve likes to look at as a measurement of real uh, you know, pressures on inflation in the United States. Coming down yesterday, I think, to 2.2%. Yeah, good evening, Bruce, and uh, as usual, thanks for having me. Look, those numbers were fairly key. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, the Fed tends to want to focus on those as opposed to the broad measure of CPI. And they came in you know, right on expectation, uh, which I guess it gave the market you know, some sense of relief that indeed rate cuts are coming. It's a question of if and not um, you know, it's a question of when as opposed to if. And we saw you know, currencies and other risk markets uh, sort of... Uh, Stabilize on the back of that, and also the bond market on our side. So, so yes, I think the rand is taking, you know, a bit of a strength and from, from those numbers, and we are seeing a little bit of flows coming into our bond market, especially uh, from foreigners.
Uh, that's nice. Good. Um, that's a nice change because this time last week we were teetering close to record lows again uh, for the currency. And I'm, I'm just going to get a little nauseated by those because ultimately I'll, it drives up inflation and inflationary pressures on everything that we import. Yes, it's good for exporters. Um, but you know, the vast majority of us survive on imports um, of, of various things. And uh, it's good to see that the currency is beginning to recover, even if just a little bit. It was also a nice Friday for anybody who came out with good news this week. Um, today, for example, Standard Bank was a little bit stronger. Trueworth stood very well today. A nice 8% jump to 77 rand 57 off the back of some fairly good news statements coming out of parts of the real South African economy. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and especially on the banking side, I mean, we are now getting a flurry of uh, results coming through. So Standard Bank and the likes of uh, Fastland also, and I think uh, Bank will also come through an upside at some stage. So it would be good to get a sense of what's happening in the real economy, or the SA Inc., you know, part of the market, so to speak. And uh, so far, so good-ish, if I can call it that, uh, largely because you know, we are kind of stabilizing. Um, if you compare this time last year, you know, things were fairly bleak with prospects of, um, you know, the great collapse and great listing and all that kind of stuff. So we are coming off a soft base, if I can call it that, which, which is good. And hopefully we can build on to that for the rest of the year. We are still waiting for, for, for GDP numbers to be finalized. Uh, hopefully those also will give us some glimpse as to how we close the year, especially for quarter last year. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and the Trueworth numbers yesterday also lifted by the the business that is the shoe seller, particularly good in the United Kingdom. The office business finally seems to be coming to the fore and doing what it was meant to do when it was acquired all those years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually a decent turnaround story uh, because I think uh, they went in at the wrong time and then immediately we had COVID. And then suddenly, you know, they work from home. People are not actually, you know, uh, spending up uh, to look good when they go to the office. So it will appear things are, again, normalizing and sort of getting back to some semblance of normality. And that business is starting to, you know, sort of uh, contribute and pull its weight uh, in terms of what it does to the entire group. So a bit of a good story coming through there, which, uh, which is commendable. Um, no, good news on that particular front, absolutely. Uh, and then if you didn't come out with great news this week, you got beaten down today. And the likes of Woolies and AB InBev, of course, amongst the losers, uh, uh, reflecting the, the opposite side of exactly the same coin, really. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think you can add on to that in MPM. Um, you know, in terms oh, of, my um, goodness me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so again, I mean, the, the market can be brutal. You know, if you, if you perform to expectations, great, you get rewarded. Uh, but if you hit in a few potholes along the way, uh, you do see that reaction coming through quite strongly. And the likes of InBev, I mean, they missed, you know, in terms of their uh, their projections on the, on the on the earnings side. And then that, you know, uh, was sort of stood down quite heavily. And similarly with Woolies. I mean, the Woolies, you know, this is one of those that I think it is starting to worry us uh, from an alloyed point of view. Uh, if you just look at uh, the performance of the business, especially on the on the clothing side, I think the food business has always been good, but on the clothing side, you know, it, it is starting to I don't know, I mean, it's, it's a little bit worrying, you know. So, so they need to get that right, I and mean, then hopefully that will complement the food business, uh, which which we like. But but certainly, I mean, it, you know, it got hammered quite uh, quite heavily on the back of those earnings, which were beyond uh, below expectations. Patrick Matidi, thank you for wrapping it up for us on uh, what has been a slightly better week. The head of equities at Aluwani Capital Partners, uh, Patrick Matidi, this evening on the Friday evening edition of The Money Show, bringing us to half past six and to Maki Malapo. 
The Money Show. With Bruce Whitfield on 702. 702. Welcome to The Money Show this evening. We're going to be doing our Friday file tonight. Our Friday file goes into the soaps and potions and lotions um, space, family businesses. There's been quite a lot of expansion in this part of the South African economy in recent years. And I wonder why it is so attractive. Low barriers to entry, perhaps, a wonderful creativity, easy access to markets, perhaps. But we'll catch up with Danielle Towson this evening. Danielle is the head of marketing in what appears to me to be a family business. Also this evening, the Brutal Biz Quiz and then the best bits of the money show from the week that has been. So there's plenty for you still to come on tonight's money show. Um, the um, Indian uh, economy is flying. Absolutely. Wandile mentioned India just a moment ago, of course. India, part of BRICS uh, and a fast-growing economy, has remained and retained its title of the world's fastest growing major economy. It expanded in the last three months of last year, 8.4%, 8.4% growth. This is China-like growth of 20 years ago. Astonishing to um, to see that coming through. Um, and, of course, we have got uh, the, the data coming through. The country looking to hold general elections this year. Narendra Modi, not universally popular, of course, but uh, he is talking about how the uh, Indian economy is uh, showing the strength and its potential. It's forecast to overtake Japan and Germany and become the world's third biggest economy in the next couple of years. Uh, it's better than expected growth, led by a very strong performance by the country's manufacturers. The manufacturing sector in the last quarter of last year expanding by 11.5%. Private consumption rising. Not yeah, not the whole world is broken. Absolutely not. The Money Show brought to you by UBSA CIB, driving action-led insights that create impact when actioned with collaboration through the Insights series. UBSA is a registered FSP. The Money Show. The Friday File. The Friday File. We'll get to the Friday file in just a moment. Let me first tell you what's coming up on your next money show. Fabulous show lined up for you on the Monday money show. Catherine Hodgson, co-founder and chief executive of the Hodgson Group on how she makes money. She's also a big believer in lifelong learning. It's been a massive personal journey for her. She is a mentor and a coach. Adran Basson at News24 about his book with Juanita Hunter on who will rule South Africa. Toby Shapshak, the chief of Stuff Studios, exploring tech and gadgets and all things fun. Next time on The Money Show. The Money Show. The Friday File. The Friday File. Soaps and potions and lotions and all things sweet-smelling and fabulous. Uh, Danielle Towson is the head of marketing of a, bu- a family business called Odyssey. It is like an Odyssey, but it's spelled with Zs instead of Ss. Why did you do that, Danielle? Um, hi, Bruce. Firstly, <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, to be honest with you, when we were creating the name, I personally, I have two kids and they both named with starts with a Z. So I ah. thought it would be quite a nice twist to just slap it in there like a little hidden gem. And hopefully Odyssey will also be like a legacy left behind for them to take over one day. Okay, so I mean, you you pronounce it Odyssey, but it is about Odyssey, um, just to to do a little bit of a standout. It's kind of hard to find in a Google search, but um, the uh, because Odyssey, the those corrective text was to take you back to the the traditional spelling of Odyssey. How does it all start? Is this a mum's business? Is it? 
Yeah, so my mom has always said from the age of like 15, she's always been so interested in cosmetics and she's always looked after her skin so much. And when we were younger, my sister and myself, she always used to say, come, you got to look after your skin. And we're like, y'all come now. We'll be like young forever as all youngsters <laughs> think. And <clears throat> eventually as, you know, did get older, my skin started, I started to see the journey of life on me. So um, when she started like, semi-retiring from her current job she um, started doubling into her passion which is all the cosmetic stuff and yeah that's how it all just started i saw there was definitely a um she i don't know it was just very interesting to see how she um took people's um like skin issues and try to create products for it to help them and like people will spend thousands and thousands of products at the shops and they use the wrong skin um soaps yeah, yeah. and they use Absolutely. a lot of the wrong products on their skin so what she did is she studied as well and she took all the natural ingredients and really honed in on that to create a full natural range for so um, it, all of it that feels stuff. it feels like a very crowded market because you go into the supermarkets, you go into clicks and their brands, their brands from all over the world. Everybody claiming that you'll be younger for longer. It almost reverses the aging process. If you put too much cream on, you're going to be back in nappies in a moment. I mean, you get that sort of sense that um, it's a very highly contested area. Um, why? Uh, how do you carve a niche? for yourselves in a space where there's lots of business and lots of competition yeah so when we first started that was obviously a big um thing that we had to look at um the main thing that we are focusing on is all natural ingredients and a big thing is we do not test on animals um and i know it's a very um saturated market um but we're hoping that through us actually testing on people so people who volunteer and you can actually see results that we could make a mark and stand out a bit more and then it comes down to what your blends are and what your i want to call them flavors but they're not flavors these aren't ice creams <laughs> but i mean geranium yeah. <laughs> fragrances thank you geranium there's quite a lot of geranium about there's quite a lot of mango about but there's not a lot of coffee about and i see there's a coffee body butter in there so there's a little bit of differentiation that comes into the blend here as well Yes, no, coffee is has always been our passion. We were even considering doing like barista courses and all that stuff. <laughs> um, so coffee, everything for us is key. <laughs> so coffee soap is my absolute favorite. We have the coffee body butter. We're doing coffee body scrub, coffee bath bomb. It's just coffee galore. Is is it because of the texture of coffee? So you grind coffee up and you put it into products and it's almost like a, a, an exfoliating sort of agent? Or are there properties within coffee that actually um, not only, you know, have the, the benefit of keeping you awake if you drink the stuff, but actually have a, a beneficial response uh, in, when it put into, into your lotions and potions? Yeah, so when you use coffee um, in a soap or into a scrub, it actually helps with the cellulite effects on your skin, um, dark pigments on your skin as well, and um, not to mention just the amazing high you get smelling coffee in the shower and then coffee on your body afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, there are definite benefits to the skin um, after exfoliating or using it um, as a body wash or 
time. And you um, wonder why caffeine addicts follow you about everywhere. Um, how, do you, <laughs> how do you source your materials? How do you ensure the integrity of the blends and of the creations that you deliver? Danielle? Sorry, sorry. Um, oh, we no, source no. from uh, we the natural um, uh, suppliers here and around, and we do a lot of testing beforehand, and we ask them a lot of specific questions and essential oils as well to um, infuse with all our products. And how do you get to market? How do people even find out that you exist? Because as I said, the shelves are stacked from floor to ceiling um, with competitor products. How do you get discovered? Well, at the moment, we are online only. Um, We actually do um, offer wholesale as well. And we've got a lot of people with boutiques and hotels who have come to us and have asked us to make little um, hotel soap bars for them. And we um, also supply to a lot of um, big brand events like Infinity Surfaces just had an event and we supplied them. And we also um, uh, went supplied to the mining in Daba. So we are a newish company, only like three years old. So we are still getting out there. But we've had a lot of big companies come to us and um, have noticed us through mainly social media and then also throughout Danielle, thank you. Danielle Towson, it's not a great line, but the head of marketing at Odyssey, it's spelled Odyssey. Um, and yes, again, in, the, in a space that is massively competitive, massively, massively, massively competitive, standing out, differentiating and having the guts to do it. It's what being an entrepreneur is all about. I just imagine all of these tough miners walking around the mining in Darba smelling of geranium and mango. Maybe they had more coffee. They sent them more coffee. Uh, Brutal Biz Quiz time on The Money Show this evening. Uh, we need you to give us a shout. And when you give us a shout on either 011 8830702 or 021-446-0567, that gives you a license to participate. But in order to keep your license, you have to get answers correct. And when you get them wrong, we ruthlessly and brutally exterminate and extinguish your right to participate. We go, sorry, you're not the wizard of the Brutal Biz Quiz and we cut you off. It's very sad, actually. It's very cruel, but so much fun. So come and play with us this evening. Um, This person was once the country's youngest power station manager. He reluctantly took on a job, which he is finishing a five-year contract on, However, replacing him is quite taxing. So they've extended his contract by two years. That was quite a good question, actually. Who is that person? Once the country's youngest power power station manager, replacing him after his five-year contract is just too taxing. So they've extended it for two years. What is the name of this civil servant? 011-8830702-021-446-0567. A naturally brutal start to the Brutal Biz Quiz this Friday night. 702. Bruce is on The Money Show. Who's the former power station manager who started a new job five years ago, but replacing him proving just too taxing, uh, and therefore he's had his contract extended for two more years. Tsipiso in Pretoria tonight. Uh, who is this person? 
I'm afraid, Sippy, so your line is letting us down. I hear that you're driving. I would love to give you a fair chance to answer the question. Let's try it, Sippy, so one more time. What is the name of the person? No luck with Sipi. So, Selma in Ruedapurt this evening. What is the name of the person? I, I think it's uh, Mr. Kisveter. Mr. Kisveter, Professor Kisveter, um, the Honourable Kisveter. Uh, uh, no, no, Edward Kisveter, um, the Commissioner. Commissioner, SARS Commissioner, has had his contract extended by a further two years. Um, they did appoint a whole bunch of Deputy Commissioners last year, and the idea was, I'm sure, that one of those people would rise to the challenge, but clearly a little bit more time is needed. Um, there was a fellow uh, this week in the news, and I bet he wishes he wasn't, but he is, Langalezwe Madonko. He co-founded the uh, company called Summit Africa, manages 1.6 billion rand in assets on behalf of Telcom. He claims to have studied at which UK university? Uh, I guess Oxford. (laughs) No, I'm afraid it's wrong. It turns out that this particular uh, venue for study, let's put it that way, it comes up quite a lot of people who don't seem to have qualifications. What is the name of the school that people claim to study at? Maybe they're registered, but not. we're hearing more stories of them not finding their certificates because they move house and it's difficult to find the certificates sometimes. Searle in Cape Town, what is the name of the school at which uh, Langeleswe Madonko claimed to have studied? What is it with the lines this evening, guys? Searle in Cape Town. Searle is making me surly. Let's do that and let's try again. Searle in Cape Town. Right, the London there School of Economics. London School of Economics. Uh, Tavilioka famously also um, still insists, although has not shown a certificate, that she has a PhD from the London School of Economics. Uh, Langa Leswer Madonko coming unstuck this week. British pop icon Georgios Kiriakos Paniatu, honoured with a new collectible coin from the Royal Mint. Now, Georgios um, died, sadly, a couple of years ago. What was his stage name? He was part of a band called Wham. Andy Andy Ridgely and he were the performers in Wham. And they had enormous global success. George Yoss and George Michael. Oh, my goodness me, Sol, I was about to gong you out and you came in at the last minute. Um, so, yeah, George Michael, he follows uh, Elton John, David Bowie, Sandra Diana. I don't know who Sandra Diana Oh, Sandra Diana is the coin's designer. And I, I don't like the coin, actually. I mean, I saw a picture of it. I mean, that's not George Michael. It looks like George Michael's got hit by a bus. Anyway, um, they focus on his sunglasses. I, I suppose it's very difficult to get a likeness of a human onto a coin. Let's see how else we can torture you this evening. If you are... A salaried worker. Which day do you not get paid for working? The 29th of February. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mentioned it last night. And then I had my attention drawn to the fact that oh, today, the 1st of March, is a new tax year. Yay. And it got me wondering about how many months we've got to work uh, for the government before we get to keep any of our money ourselves. Uh, Fleetwood Grobler is the outgoing chief executive of which listed company, sir? Oh. Now, you've got to know this one. There are, There is no other human being that I'm aware of in the world whose name is Fleetwood. I even asked him, the first question I ever asked him, I said, why are your parents fans of Fleetwood Mac? And I think the answer was yes. I don't remember. It wasn't that spectacular. Um, but yeah, this is a company that is... So, no no clues. Fleetwood Grobler is leaving which company? No idea. But thank you for playing, Sol. You're a sport. Thank you very much indeed for doing that. Let's try Mark in Johannesburg. Fleetwood Grobler is leaving which company? Maybe I should sing holding music. That'll excite everybody. Your call is important to us. Please hold. Uh, Mark in Johannesburg, I'm going to put you on hold again and then get you back. That seems to work. Mark in Johannesburg. Mark, I'm going to make you the first ever muted Wizard the Biz quiz because that's not fair. I don't know why it's not fair. It's working. Thank goodness. It's working. So, who's Fleetwood Krobler is the CEO of which company? That'll be Sassel, Bruce. It would be Sassel. It absolutely would, Mark in Johannesburg. And then one more slightly trickier question for you. Paramount Plus is a streaming service being brought to South Africa in partnership with which local company? I'll have to pass on that. My apologies. No, don't apologize. Why are you apologizing? Don't apologize. Never apologize for having the guts to come play the Brutal Biz Quiz, which gives Mandla a chance to come in at the last possible moment. Manda, Paramount Global is going to be partnering with whom to access the South African market? <sighs> Am I putting them on hold or something? Am I just have I lost my touch, I wonder? Okay, let's give up on that. Okay, Vusi has come through. Vusi, help. It's uh, all. <laughs> that was the last question, Bussy. We've already got an answer for that one. Um, one last chance. Paramount Plus. It's a streaming service. It's coming to South Africa in partnership with which company? DSTV. I'm going to give it to you because that's close enough. It's actually multi-choice which owns DSTV. But, Bussy, you are the whiz of the Brutal Biz Quiz on this Friday night. Thank goodness we've survived it. We've managed to get through it. And Vusi, you therefore leave with the honour of taking through the weekend and for the next week, the honour of being the wizard of the Brutal Biz Quiz. If you can put him on hold, George, I have no idea what I'm doing with that particular button. But yes, absolutely, multi-choice. will bring Paramount Global to South Africa, give you something to watch which would be a good thing, really. Um, Eyewitness News time now at 7 o'clock, followed by the best bits of the money show from the week that has been. Do stay tuned. Do stay with us all weekend. It's fabulous. Lots of music, lots of wonderful things happening on your radio. And uh, we'll be back with the money show again, of course, um, as we do each and every single weekday. And it's wonderful. Uh, I'll leave you with Bitcoin at (laughs) $62,300. I wish I trusted it.